Good afternoon or good morning, wherever you may be in the world. And welcome to today's webinar on valuing the gig economy. As the COVID-19 pandemic advances and technology advances reshape the nature of work across the globe, gig work is a hot topic. We know it's not the typical nine to five office gig, but what exactly is a gig worker? Is it your Uber driver, the freelance blogger you enjoy reading, a constructive worker across the street, or the latest influencer you see popping up on social media? How do we define gig work, let alone value it? Today, we are privileged to hear from Adam Pod, Head of Research at Staffing Industry Analysts. Adam has advised Parliament, corporates, private equity firms, and the US government on staffing and workforce solutions. And thanks to the miracle of technology, Adam is joining us from his hotel room in Brussels to dissect the human components of the global gig economy and define the value of staffing, consultancy, temporary and platform work. Before I head over to Adam, please bear with me for some brief housekeeping points. My name is Charlotte Dover Ashley and I manage the FS Club here at Zien. And I'm immensely grateful to our very generous sponsors who enable us to continue to bring you a wide range of thought-provoking content across finance, technology, and economics. The slides for this webinar will be publicly available on our website and in the chat box. We'll also be holding a 20-minute Q&A session after Adam's presentation, so please use the GoToWebinar chat facility to send your questions in to me so I can feed them into the conversation. Now, it's my pleasure to hand over to you, Adam. Thank you very much, Charlotte, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just to reiterate, my name is Adam Pode. I'm Director of Research for EMEA and APAC for Staffing Industry Analysts, and we are the global advisors on staffing and workforce solutions. Um, what does that actually mean? That means uh, that we have two sorts of clients. We have uh, staffing firms uh, like Deco, Manpower or Kelly, who we advise on uh, market sizes, market forecasts, and what have you. And we also have um, the buyers of, uh, for, of, or the customers of those um, firms, uh, the likes of BP or Shell um, and McDonald's, uh, who get advice from us on how to work with those firms. Having been said, what I want to do today is look at the gig economy, uh, as Charlotte alluded to. And the first thing I would say is it's absolutely amazing to me that if you look up when uh, the term uh, gig economy actually first appeared, it was only seven years ago in 2015, as this uh, chart from uh, Google Trends shows, that the term actually started being uh, used uh, in, uh, to a, a high degree. Um, it seems like the term has been around forever. Now, as Charlotte alluded to, uh, you may associate the gig economy uh, with being run down by a delivery driver on the streets of London or waiting for a taxi. Um, but what I want to do today is show you that uh, the gig economy is so much more than that. I'm going to give you a lot of definitions today, and I'll uh, give you a source of those definitions in a minute. Um, but I think this is the uh, best place to start. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, moving uh, the slides out of the way. Um, the gig economy uh, we characterize as being of uh, limited tenure. Um, the gig economy, um, you can read the definition. I won't insult your intelligence by reading out to you. Uh, we think is synonymous with contingent work. And 
there, there is a tendency to limit uh, the gig economy or, or thoughts of the gig economy uh, to just transactions uh, with a mediation system online. And I want to show you why today that's so much more. But uh, we very definitely see uh, contingent, the contingent worker and the gig worker as one of the same beasts. And I'll just leave this out for a second so you can read both of the definitions. Okay, so the contingent work and gig work we think is the same. And gig, the gig economy we think has uh, five aspects which I'm going to talk to, uh, talk to about today. Uh, the platform related work, the sort of work that um, is mediated through a platform, uh, temporary agency work, other temporary work, independent contracting and statement of work consulting. Those five elements are very definitely uh, part of the gig economy. What we don't think is part of the gig economy is uh, the other area of the digital, um, the, the digital economy, non-labor-related online services. So uh, a long way of saying uh, companies like Airbnb or um, Zipcar. And the reason we don't include those uh, companies in the gig economy is there's no gig involved. You hire a house, uh, you hire a car, uh, with one of the one or uh, both of those platforms, what you don't uh, hire is a person, uh, and there is uh, an exception to that, which I'll come to in a minute. But let's have a look at these five different areas, one after the other. The first area I want to look at are um, temporary agency workers, or as some people would call them, temps. Um, You've got the definition here, uh, someone sourced through a staffing company who performs work for an organisation. Now, the absolute key uh, with temporary agency workers or temp workers, as they're called, is they have no control over the work that they do. They're hired to do a job that they go into an organisation and they're told what work they're going to be doing. They have no control. And that's important from a legal uh, definition. Now, uh, all of the uh, areas in yellow are our definitions, uh, and they all come from our lexicon, which you can find on our website at staffingindustry.com. So if you want uh, to have any of these definitions or more, as Charlotte said, you're going to get the slides anyway, but uh, please go to the website and download the lexicon, which I think you'll find useful. Okay, so temps. Uh, started around um, 19, uh, well, the end of the First World War. Um, they started with Alfred Marx, was one of the first agencies in the UK. Uh, and Alfred Marx, I'm sure, is a name that will uh, be very familiar to some of you. Uh, Alfred started a uh, business hiring out waiters to the UK banqueting uh, service. And um, he hired them out for uh, five shillings at lunchtime, seven and six in the evening. As I can't remember the last time I wrote down pounds, shillings and pence. And he got a commission uh, for each hour of six, sh six shillings for lunch and nine shillings um, for the evening. Now, obviously, uh, hospitality is still a huge part of, of the uh, staffing market um, and the workers are still probably hourly paid. But let's fast forward 
to what we call contractors now in 2022. And there's a huge amount of variety and uh, difference in the industry. A contractor in these terms is still used interchangeably with a temp worker. Uh, it is the same thing, although it gets confusing when you uh, add in independent contractors, as I will in a minute. But again, contractors will tend to be at the more professional end of the business. They'll tend to be working in things like IT, engineering and construction, as you can see on the screen. Um, and there's that professional, um, say, professional uh, differentiation by calling them contractors rather than temporary agency workers. How do we value the marketplace? Well, for just temporary work in 2022, for these, the 15 largest companies, uh, or sorry, largest countries uh, in the world in terms of um, temporary uh, revenue, uh, we thought that uh, the market was worth $369 billion, and uh, that is 89% of the total market value of $415 million in 2020. I'm updating these figures for 2021 uh, later in the year, and you can, uh, you'll be able to see our report on our website. Um, but um, what I can tell you is we think the market in 2021 uh, grew overall for both temporary work and recruitment by 21% and uh, will grow 9% uh, worldwide in 2022 and a further uh, 6% in 2023. Uh, so you've got a market that's pushing 550 billion uh, nowadays. The second category of um, gig workers, or the second part of the gig economy I wanted to talk about, was other temporary workers. And you'll find that these are the people who work directly uh, for an organization, but for, again, a short or limited duration. You've got summer interns, seasonal workers, casual workers, and those on a fixed-term contract. One of the areas of particular interest to people at the moment is old or more skilled uh, workers, retirees, who are coming back into the marketplace to perhaps train and encourage workers. You may have read recently that there's a huge loss of older workers, those over 50, um, from the, um, the general economy. A lot of people are, are seeking to retire. And uh, retiree programs is one way of bringing them back uh to uh not lose the expertise that at the moment is walking out the door in terms of the size of the marketplace we estimate that it's worth 667 billion in 2020 and uh, from the diagram you can see this is a diagram of uh, workers sourced directly along the x-axis and the market values that they have along the uh, y-axis Spain, obviously, the biggest market with the most workers, um, but not the biggest market in terms of value. That's Germany. And Germany and the United Kingdom, which is in the uh, bottom left um, quadrants, um, make an interesting uh, juxtaposition. In the United Kingdom, more workers come to firms uh, through staffing agencies, whereas in Germany, uh, far more of the workers are actually sourced directly. Um, and uh, far less uh, through an agency. 
third category of workers that I want to talk about are self-employed individuals, independent contractors. Uh, you might have heard of them as IR35s. Um, they may work through a personal service company, but the key with these workers is they're uh, in hired to uh, uh, work as they see fit. You're not directing their every job unless you're uh, misclassifying their workers. Obviously, IR35 is a, a, a big bone of contention at the moment, and I'm very happy to uh, take questions about that at the end. But um, I would uh, further um, classify these workers as either business to consumer, B2C, or business to business. You can see um, that the red is the B2B, the blue is the uh, B2C. Um, UK, uh, the far the biggest market for independent contractors uh, in um, Europe, uh, closely followed by Italy. Uh, far more uh, workers uh, of this type uh, than almost uh, than any other market. Um, penetration uh, is also fairly high, although not quite as high as Italy, uh, and the Netherlands is not close behind. In the Netherlands, independent contractors are called uh, ZZPers, uh, and they're undergoing some of the same problems, uh, particularly with the uh, new uh, uh, government in the Netherlands, as uh, we're having in the UK. Now, um, if any of you are management consultants, you might uh, start to spit in a minute, uh, because we also can classify um, management consultants, or at least some of them, as um, gig workers. Uh, gig workers because you're working on a statement of work, um, you're working on a, a specific product with a, a, an end deliverable uh, for um, uh, a, a, an end client, and you're going to be doing this tempor temporarily. So the temporarily with the client is the important thing, rather than the full-time job that you have with a Bain or McKinsey or, or similar firm. Um, in terms of value, uh, slightly smaller market, but this is a market that's growing uh, really quite strongly at uh, three, 331 uh, billion uh, in 2020. And what I find fascinating is that, um, what I find fascinating is that um, the uh, United States and Germany have a, such a big share of the marketplace. United Kingdom only 3%, which always surprised me. Uh, but um, management consultants, I suspect, if you work in America, are, are, are no surprise. But in Germany, it's interesting that it's 12% share of the uh, global market. The uh, last area I wanted to talk about of the five are the platform-related workers, what you might think of as traditional or, or particular gig workers although I would argue that all four categories are just as important. Um, they are defined, as you can see, as a range of intermediary models that enable work arrangements of various kinds uh, to uh, be put through a digital platform or online. And we'd further define them, uh, as you can see on the screen, uh, into these three uh, different boxes. Talent platforms with the uh, brown circle, work service platforms with the blue circle, and uh, crowdsourcing with the red circle. 
Um, as you can see uh, with the Venn diagram, they do massively overlap though. And the way we differentiate um, what happens with the platform is whether there's a direct labor relationship that you can see on the x-axis uh, of what the client gets or a service outcome. So Uber is, we think, um, a, a gig. And the importance of that is the uh, client, you, uh, the taxi hirer, is getting a short-term service from the driver. Uh, on the y-axis, you can see uh, how the work is organized, and that goes from the talent platforms where you get an individual worker. Um, if you haven't seen Upwork or Fiverr um, in particular, they're well worth, they're really interesting business models uh, and well worth looking um, at, particularly if you have a child who needs some homework done. Um, it's amazing what you can find. Um, Talent platforms, individual workers, crowdsourcing, uh, as the uh, name implies, a crowd. Um, in terms of the plat uh, talent platforms, uh, the vast majority or uh, nearly 50% of the work is IT related uh, and a large amount of the rest marketed and creative. We're not yet at the stage uh, where talent platforms are, are going out to other areas of work and it will be interesting to see uh, in the future, uh, whether that changes. In terms of value, um, again, we differentiate between B2B and B2C. Obviously, B2C, uh, where you'll get your Uber driver from, uh, a vastly greater uh, uh, part of the market. Uh, but B2B, uh, we reckon 10.7 billion at, uh, in 2020. Um, in terms of growth, though, we think that already uh, the market is going to be worth uh, 15 billion this year and uh, a massive uh, CAGR, as you can see. So that's the uh, five areas that I wanted to uh, cover. In total, uh, how do we value them? Uh, independent contractors, by far the biggest uh, share of the marketplace, as you can see, uh, at uh, 2.6 or nearly 2.7 trillion. Um, the source directly next largest, followed by temporary agency workers, um, statement of work and platforms. Uh, I suspect uh, this is figures from 2020. Uh, platforms are only bigger than statement of work uh, in 2022. It's great to say uh, that the market is worth um, 4.4 trillion dollars, uh, but as a closing point, I wanted to put that into context. Uh, to your um, left, you can see um, Fred, and Fred can probably fit, uh, or can definitely fit, a uh, million dollars in $100 bills into his Waitrose carrier bag. Um, it's a bit harder uh, for Fred uh, to um, fit, a, he could probably fit a, a, a billion dollars. You can see uh, the slightly smaller Fred uh, with uh, eight stacks of $100 bills uh, into the back of a lorry. But the tiny little figure in the center you can see um, is Fred uh, with a trillion dollars. Uh, and if you multiply that four by four, you've got the size of the marketplace. Um, 
that's all I have to say. I'm going to uh, very looking very much looking forward to taking questions in a second. Um, but uh, if you've got any points that um, Ray, uh, sorry about that. If you've got any points uh, that you want to raise, hesitate to um, contact me um, via um, the uh, address here. I know uh, Charlotte's going to put it up in a minute. And uh, with that, I'll uh, ask for any questions. Thanks very much, Adam. Please keep sending your questions in using the chat facility. Um, I'll use the chair's prerogative to kick things off. Um, Adam, we're hearing a lot about the challenge of schools shortages at the moment. Uh, can you please explain a bit of the context around this and perhaps potential solutions? So, yeah, you're dead right, Charlotte. Um, there is a huge skills mismatch in the, in the marketplace. There are, if you're looking for, say, Java developers, there's you know, tens of thousands of jobs where there are simply not enough workers um, uh, to fill that work. But if you think about the um, IT temporary staffing market, for example, most of the revenue is generated in America, 52%. Uh, 30% is generated in EMEA and uh, a further 18% in APAC. But if you look at where global software developers are located, 48% of those workers are in APAC. So there might not be skill shortages. It might just be that the workers are in the wrong place. And what's getting really interesting, um, particularly with the boost that COVID um, gave the world, uh, is that hybrid working or remote working, well, sorry, remote working may be an enormous force for the future. You, do you really need to have that person working in your office, and particularly, say, if you're looking at I, IT skills, uh, or could you uh, have that work, person working absolutely anywhere? Um, bringing, it's, it, it's an interesting conundrum. A lot of people concerned about potential recession um, next year. I'm slightly more sanguine, and I'm definitely more sanguine about the prospects for the staffing industry. But um, what happens if there's a recession, but there aren't enough workers? Um, it, it's an interesting uh, thought to play with. Hello. Mm, yeah, good point. Um, Bob McDowell asks, is there any correlation between the size of this market, um, the gig work market, and unemployment slash unemployment, sorry, unemployment slash employment figures? Not really. Um, it, 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 yeah, no, I would, I, I would say not particularly. Um, it, it's an interesting, uh, it, it's an interesting thought, which I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't really thought thought about, and I will go away and double check. But I would say no, not at all. Um, gig workers tend to be, well, you you saw from the diagram in terms of um, talent platform workers, they tend to be fairly highly spe highly um, prized and highly specialist staff. So. Um, the numbers aren't going to, you know, the, these are workers, the, these are workers who just haven't got enough of, so they're more likely to suffer skill shortage from them rather than uh, have any correlation with unemployment. Okay. 
Um, also, Donald McRae's asked, is the rise of the gig economy associated with or a cause of static productivity? Again, I would say no. They're, they're both interesting points. and I'm going to be going away and doing an awful lot of homework. I can, I can see to double check my answers. Um, but no, if, if anything, uh, they're an impetus to firms to reach out to talent and to grow in a way that they hadn't thought of before. Um, if you look at Upwork, for example, um, you can source productive workers around the world. Now, it's, it's interesting, even Upwork would say that it's 5% of their workers are, are highly productive on their platforms with 95% of their work, their workers not being unproductive, but just not being being chosen for gigs. But yeah, in terms of a, 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 a mismatch, I will go away and double check, but I would say not. Well, I'm glad our audience has given you more work. <laughs> um, Hugh Purse has asked if we can provide a direct link to the lexicon of terms that you mentioned, um, so we can send that out to the attendees afterwards and post it on the event page on the website. Um, very, very happy to do that. Right. Um, Bob McDowell's also asked, what factors would you suggest will stimulate the growth of these markets in the future? And then and on another note, what factors will reduce the size of this market? So looking at particularly, so, so looking at uh, most of these markets, so independent, uh, independent contractors is good, Independent contractors, in particular, is going to be very are, are very affected by legislation. So the number of organisations saying that they won't have independent contractors because they're worried about um, being fined by the Inland Revenue for um, wrongly classifying those workers, uh, yeah, that uh, is high. Um, the same thing has happened. Um, Law in um, Mexico has just changed for temporary agency workers and in Norway as well uh, due to a change in government and the markets there have dropped 20%. So so politics can play a big part. Uh, the revenue can also play a big part. Um, you know, I uh, alluded to the Netherlands uh, stamping down on ZZPs. Uh, both of those can have a, a big effect. Um, statement of work looks uh, fairly um, looks uh, healthy and growing because people want that definition. They they want the certainty that you have a, a, a guaranteed end product, and if somebody hasn't done enough work, they've got to do more work because they're, they're guaranteeing the, the end product and not the number of hours that they're they're doing on on the product. And platforms as well looks uh, like it's going to grow massively um, as organisations get more used to remote work. I, I think that's that's very positive. Um, Hugh Porter has an interesting point here. He says, to what extent is the gig economy defined by culture or at least work culture and the role of society, because he notes that there's the low levels of um, gig worker, workers in Scandinavian countries. Um, well, the, the largest number of workers on talent platforms are in um, APAC uh, by far. 
and uh, we've got some work. Uh, we work with the um, Oxford Business School uh, with a, 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 an index of, of where those workers are. I think that there is a degree of law there. Um, but I think you're going to see gig workers at both the low end and high end of the marketplaces increase where, you know, right across the world. Now, there are, there are features of employment. So uh, if you're a staffing, uh, if you work for a staffing agency in um, Sweden, for example, you are employed uh, by the uh, staffing firm. You, you don't, you're not, there's no third party relationship there. Um, and you're you're uh, put out, but actually, what I think was an interesting question is: Are we going to see that gig workers, as particularly on the the more high end, are such a rare talent, whether firms are going to try and gobble them up? Mm. Do you also see with the um, rise in cost of living and inflation crisis, do you see a lot of people who are sort of standard nine to five workers at the moment also picking up good work, gig work to help ends meet? Um, I think I, I have, I, I'll be interested uh, to see the Oxford numbers. Um, I haven't looked at that uh, specifically and my, like all good statistics, we, we seem to run uh, or, or yeah, everybody seems to run about three three months um, um, behind time. So I haven't seen numbers indicating that, but there are a lot of statistics showing uh, before uh, the current um, situation, you know, before the inflation hit to quite such an extent, that a lot of places were taking um, a, a, um, a side gig, uh, the, the term is, that you might have somebody who's working nine to five, but particularly likes taking nature photos and sells their nature photos um, in in the evening, um, and that seems to be uh, increasingly common. And just uh, I have no statistics to back it up, but certainly anecdotally, uh, a large number of organisations are starting to get more more comfortable with the idea of their their full time employees taking a, a second gig. Mm, mm. Yeah, I guess in the past as well, it used to be pretty standard for contracts to say that you weren't allowed to pursue other work opportunities while working full time, but I guess that's changing. Um, speaking of statistics as well, um, where in the world is the gig economy growing the fastest at the moment? Um, the United States, I would say, uh, in terms of usage, uh, India in terms of revenue. Okay. Um, Donald McRae says there's clearly a range of skill levels in the five categories, but overall, doesn't a gig economy do little for skill levels? And funnily enough, the reason I'm in, in, in Brussels in a hotel room is that I'm attending uh, the World Employment Confederation Conference today. And, and this was a point that was uh, being violently debated. I think I, I think the key is that these are skilled workers. And what is interesting, um, if we take uh, France, for example, they have a an independent education um, fund 
where every individual can get training um, and be paid for that training. Uh, the um, the um, director for employment was at the conference today saying that they're thinking about doing that um, for European-wide, um, that each individual will have a pool of money. I think actually an awful lot of skills are, are gained from going on a gig. Um, and while there may not be formal training, the, these are not, yeah, these are people who are, are highly able and who are going into different environments and learning, uh, learning a great deal on the job. And the good, good workers are going to be pursuing um, opportunities for further training themselves. So, yeah, it, it, don't, don't write off the gig workers as just somebody who's tried to run you over on their um, yeah, um, moped. Um, uh, or, yeah, they may actually have a second gig, um, yeah, training somebody uh, the other side of the world. Mm, mm, sort of diversifying the skills as well. Um, yeah. Inga Tretler asked, do you feel that gig work systems feed innovation? I'm not sure. Um, certainly um, every, uh, and my apologies to anybody from private equity who's listening today, every platform will say it's innovative uh and exciting and does something different uh but as i learned in private equity you have to kiss an awful lot of frogs to uh, find the right one um i th i think that there's the innovation of the platform and they are obviously highly innovative and everybody is is trying to find a new and different way of doing things but but that's just one aspect of the gig world what i hope i've done today is give you an overview that it, it, it's more than just uh, a platform where you order your pizza. Yeah, and I think that is a stereotype that um, a lot of us have, so that's been really, really useful. Um, well, yeah, we've had a lot of um, people saying that it's been a really interesting presentation and they've um, enjoyed it, so, so that's good. Um, I think we'll wrap things up. I don't think there's any more sort of um, questions coming through, unless you have um, anything else to add, Adam. No, uh, just that I think that the gig work is gig work is here. Um, as one of the the questioners said, uh, it can be um, hit by by um, law. It can be hit by recession, uh, but it's definitely here to stay. And I guess in, in terms of innovation and things for people sort of wanting to go out on their own and innovate and start new businesses, feels a lot safer if you can keep your nine to five day job and keep that income coming in, doesn't it? So that makes sense. Um, well, thank you very much for your insightful presentation and your time today, um, for, especially from your hotel room where you could be out and about enjoying Brussels. Um, and thanks again to our wonderful sponsors for making these webinars possible. And of course, thank you to our lovely audience for your time and questions and contributions today. Um, as I said, a recording will be available on our website within 48 hours. Um, the slides are up there now and we'll also get the link to the um, lexicon terms out to you as well. So um, do join us for more webinars um, over the next week or catch up on our YouTube channel. And remember, you can now get your FS Club on your favourite podcast app. Thank you very much, everyone. Goodbye.